This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter. Visit enterpriseinspace.org. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. Golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I am Zach Moore, and I am without the Commodore this week. He is on shore leave, so I'll have the con, and we're going to be talking about Star Trek Destination Europe. 2016 this year and i have a very special guest my friend tony black what's up tony hi zach thanks for uh thanks for letting me on the show tony is the host of the x cast which is a well tell us tell us what the x cast is tony well it could be it could x could mean a lot of things but in this case <laughs> <laughs> it uh it means the x files uh which uh obviously is a 1990 series that uh, is still going to be fair it just finished its brand new series so most people i'm sure have heard of the x files there's a lot of star trek fans i think there's a lot of crossover so uh we're into our second season now so we're going through the episodes and we're having interviews with people involved and uh it's coming at it from a british perspective because as you can tell by my charming accent i am from the uk but uh yeah it's uh it's maybe a slightly different perspective really so we get guests on including yourself zach as i say our, our recent episode in fact was just with you so um yeah, it's going well. It's going well. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, so uh, as Tony mentioned, I've been a guest on his show, so it's nice to have him on uh, join the Trek FM family. He's been very active in the Babel Conference as well. So uh, if you are active in the Babel Conference, you've probably seen Tony Black around there, and here he is in the flesh, so to speak. So good to have you, Tony. Oh, thank you. I apologize for being so prevalent already. You know, I, 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 t- I took the ball and ran with it at Destination Star Trek Europe, actually, with this, and I felt like I was being a bit cheeky because um, I made a sign and everything that said Trek FM. I was like, who cares? You know, let's do it. Let's do it. So yeah, to that point, Tony, being British and all, you attended Destination Star Trek Europe. We had boots on the ground there. We had many members of the Babel Conference, many members of Trek FM there, and, and you, you made your little sign. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to meet up with some people. So yeah, we're just going to kind of talk through your experience and then just the overall convention of destination europe and you know a lot of us here on trek fm had the privilege to go to star trek las vegas and that was a great fun bonnie experience for us all and that was the big 50th anniversary at least here in the united states so you know this is the uh the british equivalent i guess right tony (laughs) yeah and you can imagine how much worse that probably sounds (laughs) actually (laughs) because it was (laughs) You see, um, I got this because I'm I write for a site called Flickering Myth, which is a uh, it's a growing site in the UK to do with television, movies, all kinds of media, and uh, I write for that. So I, I we get sent things as you know writers do to do with press and and all kinds of stuff. So I got I got the opportunity to be um, press for the day uh, at D- Destination Star Trek Europe, and normally all the press stuff comes. In London, you've got things like premieres here, you know, go and, go and do a junket with, with Jennifer Lawrence there, or why don't you go to this premiere with Bradley Cooper? No, I live in Birmingham, right, which nothing happens in. Nothing. We had we had the premiere of Locke, the film Locke with Tom Hardy. That was it. Okay. Yeah, which is pretty good, but because the writer was Bert from Birmingham, but nothing else, right? <laughs> nothing happens. But we do have a big uh, conference centre called the National Exhibition Centre, which is right in the middle of... Birmingham's right in the middle of the UK, so it's a good hub. So the NEC does all of these massive, massive events. Massive from our context, nothing compared to Las Vegas, but it's got enough room to do conventions. So apart from the Comic-Con sort of mini conventions we have, it does any Star Trek events. So yeah, this one did Destination Star Trek, so I thought, oh, good, finally something I can I can go to <laughs> that isn't a two-hour train journey. So, yeah, I snapped that up. And I, I was there, it was a three-day event, but I was only there on the Friday. So, admittedly, my my point of view is, is 
relatively limited, but I did speak to people on the Babel conference and elsewhere about the, the whole weekend event. And I did get to see some cool stuff, actually. And it was it was good fun. It was good fun. It was just, I think the best thing about it was, before anything else, the fact that it's just full of dedicated Star Trek fans. And it's very rare that I get to be with people like that. <laughs> um, because I don't mix in those circles all the time. And it's it was so lovely to be able to go somewhere where you have fat European fans, British fans. Apparently there was one woman from Iceland. Um, Iceland has a population of about 300,000, which is a small British town. <laughs> and she, the rumour was that she was one of the few people in Iceland who liked Star Trek. Um, that is not confirmed fact, by the way. That's, that, <laughs> that's open to checking. I guess that's one of the closest places she could go then. Well, yeah. Iceland to UK. <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, it's not too far. Um, so she could get over there. Not that I met her. This is all rumor, but um, mm-hmm. but yeah, secondhand, it, secondhand rumor. Yeah, yeah. It was it was just lovely. It was lovely to be in a place full of people who knew their trek. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we had similar experiences at Star Trek Las Vegas. Like, look, I'm a huge Star Trek fan, right? And and in the in the real world, so to speak, like I'm some kind of Star Trek genius. But <laughs> when, when when you find it's like when you're in high school and you're in band and you're a drum major, you're the cream of the crop. You're the best of the best, you know. And then when you go to you know, when you graduate from high school and you go to college and you get in college band, everybody's a drum major. So you don't really <laughs> stick out from the crowd as much. You know, everybody's equal or better than you. So that's the way I feel about going to a Star Trek convention. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, I know, I know Star Trek. Are you kidding? And you show up and you just get blown away by these, you know, super uber fans and just and just how you can just carry on a casual conversation and use the terminology that you kind of hold back from using in the real world when you're talking to people. Like, yeah, I, I know every episode title of the original series and... <laughs> you want to talk about production or air date order <laughs> stuff like that you don't go into that when you're just like yeah i like star trek you know? yeah it's true <laughs> that's exactly it like look I-, I fly my nerd flag high i'm not like ashamed of it or anything but you know like okay i kind of meet people at their level of conversation about this stuff because like i could go way inside baseball with people and just and just you see the eyes glaze over when you start talking about so you know star trek remaster the cgi and, yeah <laughs> but here like you can meet anyone at these conventions and just start talking about this stuff like oh so deep space nine and hd huh they immediately know what you're talking yeah. about and you can engage in a really fun conversation with them uh and so yeah so i'm so i'm glad that they instituted this uh destination star trek event because star trek Yes, it's American. It's you know, it's I wouldn't say it's intrinsically American, but you know, there's a lot of Western culture in it. I mean, that that's you know, uh, part of its inception in the '60s. So that's where it's coming from. That's its its worldview. A lot of it, but it's become a global phenomenon, and it is. And I'm glad it's embraced that and is going around the world uh, to give other fans the opportunity to go to events like this. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's always been it's always been something that's been around in in the uk certainly i can't speak for the rest of europe but i know that it's it's popular everywhere you know and in the uk it's always been amongst sci-fi fans it's it's been it's always been on tv you know it, and i mean i i grew up watching the original movies really that, those those were the things i loved from star trek i mean my my first episode was realm of fear in next generation but hmm, interesting interesting episode the first one you ever watch as a child but it was it was the original series movies especially and i did enjoy the the tv show uh, well most of it um <laughs> from the 60s but yeah the movies were, were what wrath of khan especially which i just like everybody else i think is a masterpiece uh, not just a masterpiece of star trek a masterpiece full stop of cinema um, but it's so so growing up watching all those things and then you know being able to soak up Kirk and Spark and all those guys and enjoy them it's it's something that as a child I've I've carried with me all the way through you know and I've had ebbs and flows of, of fandom with Star Trek and you know when it was off the air for a long time it was it, it, my, my attention wandered to other things but I've always been a big Trekkie really deep down and the more time has passed the more and the older I've gotten the less conscious of that i've got almost you know self-conscious um about what people knowing about it the more i've embraced it even more um so going to destination star trek and being able to see the crew you know some of the crew some of the major you know still living members of the 60s original series crew well it was it's a bit of a bucket list moment for me so yeah since we're the original crew 
podcast. So that that is our area of interest. That is our focal point, our focus zone. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of go down who was there from the original series and original series movies. And then, Tony, you know, after I list them off here, you can kind of chime in about <laughs> if you saw any of them there, things of that nature. Yeah. So, obviously, the big one, William Shatner was there. Yep. Christopher Lloyd was there. Commander Krug from Star yep. Trek Three. I know he has... So, how do you say Krug? Do you say Krug or Krug? I, I've always said Krug. Commander Krug. Okay. Yeah. Okay, correct. I, as have I. I know Ken and I... <laughs> We talked about how the right way to pronounce that was last time, but the British always pronounce it correctly. So, <laughs> Well, not always. Speaking of him, one of my favorite Klingon moments is when Krug shoots the guy in search for Spock, and then he goes, Hattabach, like that. I love that. I, 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 that that's one of the, that's something in my head. I sometimes, if I don't like someone, I go, Hattabach, in my head. It's just a great moment. <laughs> Sorry, <awesome>. carry on. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's worth interrupting. That's great. <laughs> uh, so, of course, George Takei was there. Yeah. Uh, Walter Koenig was there. Eddie Paskey was there. He was. Bobby Clark, the Gorn, was there. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Adam Nimoy was there, of course, Leonard Nimoy's son. So, so that, that's your kind of original series rundown of who all was there. And so, yes, I mean, it, it is a smaller convention, obviously, than, you know, Star Trek Las Vegas. I mean, just, just getting people across the pond is its own endeavor. So, uh, but, you know, I think that's a pretty good turn. I mean, and there were lots more stars from across all the series there, of course. But uh, for the original series, I mean, that's a great turnout. Whenever you can get Shatner, Takei, and Koenig at the same convention and... Yeah. On the same stage, at least, yeah. you know, for a photo op, mind you. But uh, so, talk a bit about that. I mean, I saw a lot of pictures of, you know, the whole cast there. I mean, so that must have been pretty cool, right, to see them all there on on the original series bridge recreation. Oh yeah, it was great. It, it, it was great, and it, it's it, it was like yeah, there was there was the original series bridge, um, and they they i wasn't at that i couldn't get there because of work but i know that lee hutchinson was there because he was one of the people i met from the Baywall conference obviously um and he's got a great few photos of of oh, them all sitting there shatner's in the captain's chair you've got koenig and takai both at where they would sit in the original series and then all the other stars gathered around um mm-hmm. and uh they, they recreated the the original series bridge beautifully they had this next generation bridge at the back as well but the original series one was the one that just everyone was just in love with, really. And the, they, they, the next gen one is a lot harder to recreate. So, well, well, yeah. Um, and it was this huge, big carpeted space. But that the original series <laughs> one was. The, I just kept looking at that and thinking, I want a picture in that chair. And there was a guy who went up there, and he was, he just wasn't doing the Shatner pose. You know, he was sitting in that chair, and he looked really awkward. I'd have gone on there and done the proper Shatner pose in that chair. You see my Facebook profile picture, yes. right? Yeah. Is that not the Shatner pose? I mean, come on. It's absolutely the Shatner pose, Zach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got it down to a T. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was a pretty cool moment where they were all on that on that bridge beforehand. Though Shatner had done, I don't know if you know about this, but he'd done an interview with a British um, yes breakfast. I've about this. Please, please, please talk about this because I'm, I'm interested in your perspective. So yes, go on. The, basically, in the UK, we have a breakfast morning show called Good Morning Britain. And it's uh, and they do lots of video interviews and all kinds of things with different people. And they did one with Shatner, which would have been around eight a.m. Now, bear in mind, this was the Friday morning. They'd all probably float. They well, they were definitely quite a few of them were definitely jet lagged. So Shatner was basically in his joggers, right? He'd probably not got off the plane very long ago, and he was sitting in the chair with his phone. You can find this on YouTube. But he was sit- <laughs> he's, he's in the captain's chair with an iPhone. He's in the captain's chair with an iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> Like you know, oh how Star Trek comes full circle. <laughs> yeah, and you've got you've got people exactly. Yeah, you've got people in the um in on the bridge around him, like pr- pretending to be bridge crew dressed in uniform. So it was proper photo op. He wasn't in the uniform though. He was just in his normal slacks, right? So it was really weird. Um, it was a bit like the the kind of you know like like Shatner himself had gone into the Star Trek universe, you know, uh, and decided to sit there. But he um. He was he was on this on the phone while there was a camera, and it was the most toe curlingly bizarre interview you will ever see, because they are asking him questions and normal standard questions. Oh, what's it like to be back on the bridge? You know, blah blah blah. And he, he's he's giving the most weird answers, like going, "Jerry, is that Jerry? What was Jerry?" <laughs> he's like, "It's like, is this an interview? Why? What are you saying to me? What are you saying to me?" And it was, yeah. I think with Shatner, it's it's a combination of like he always tries to be a smartass. Right, he always yeah. has to have something to say, right? And I can relate to that. Uh, but also, <laughs> I mean, like you said, 
jet lag. Yeah. He's in his 80s now, folks. Okay. And then finally, very un. Unpro- I don't look. I don't know how you guys do TV production there uh, across the pond, but uh, coming from TV production myself here in the United States, for a proper live shot, right? They need to give him uh, an earpiece. You know, and yeah. you know, a real actual audio feed, so he's not talking into a phone. One, it looks ridiculous as we're <laughs> discussing, uh, and two, you know, that's not a reliable signal. So it's very possible he had a bad signal, so that was cutting in and out. I mean, he even says that he was like, "This is this is unprofessional." <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, and it's this is the thing. It it I think at the time it would have come across that Shatner was the was the one being difficult, but I think it was it was the fact that. The signal wasn't very good. And, you know, again, it's the British TV values of everything. You know, it's... Here, have a phone. (laughs) It's just, oh dear. You know, it just doesn't look very good. But it was really funny. It's really worth watching on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is, right? It's like, I don't know, Shatner, people love or hate Shatner. There's so many strong feelings about Shatner from everybody, people that worked on Star Trek, just fans, you know. But look, the guy is an entertainer and he's fun to watch no matter what he does and and I love it. Right? I mean yeah. like this is <laughs> the, yeah, is, could this be bad PR for him? I don't <laughs> know. I mean but everybody just love it or hate it, it's hilarious to watch. Oh god yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So it was yeah, it was it was a cool moment when they were all on the bridge together doing doing the press and then they they all went off. That was that was early in the day, so that was around the twelve thirty one o'clock mark, right? And then the, I'm get, this is my field report from Lee Hutchinson. Bear in mind, this is oh. what he told me, and based on, <laughs> on photos. Um, and uh, yeah, they all uh, they all then went off, and there were, there were there were supposed to be some press interviews, but I don't necessarily think that happened. I know Lee spoke to Jeffrey Coombs, um, and I he think is later, everywhere. yeah, he's everywhere. I think later he was drinking. The following day, he was drinking with Jeffrey Coombs and um, and uh, Casey Biggs. Casey Biggs, yeah, Demar, Demar Nguyen himself. That's that's awesome. You know, that's well, you know my experience going to, going to Star Trek uh, Las Vegas was that's like the most fun things. Like people always ask me, so what was your favorite parts of the conventions? And I was like, well, you know, uh, meeting all the fans, meeting fellow fans, making connections with people, especially people you had talked to online before through Trek FM, and then like finally meeting in the flesh. Yeah. And that was that was awesome. And then you know, of course, I made new friends there as well, and that was great. Uh, and then also just kind of running into. You know, the stars just like in normal environments. Like I saw Dick Gary Graham in an elevator talking, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, the ambassadors of all from Enterprise, you yeah. know, uh, right into, you know, uh, Star Trek continues people, which I know they're not oh, like cool. official Star Trek people, but uh, that was that was an awesome experience. And then, yeah, just hanging out in the bars and meeting whoever. Right. Uh, that's those are the memory like yes there's a structure of like the panels and the vendor rooms and all that and that's great and that needs to exist without that uh structure none of these little moments could happen right but it mm. kind of sets up these cool encounters where you're like in the same space with all these people and you bump to them bump into them here or there we, we met uh, uh nicole DeBoer in an elevator you know after we'd seen her earlier in the day and she'd remember us so that was actually pretty cool oh, that's so cool. anyway that, that those little things like those little moments like so cool and those are the ones you they kind of exceed all the standard convention stuff you're gonna get yeah. so yeah I, I totally follow you well for, for me it was there i didn't get to any panels because they were they were followed they were in the following two days but i did get to the opening ceremony which is where i saw all of the all of these these people you've mentioned all the main cast and then beyond on stage and the opening ceremony was was terrific it was really good because what happened was um and they did a little bit of a chat and then they went off and uh that was that was just brilliant. That was a great way to open it, and hosted by Greg Grunberg, who obviously appears in um, uh, the Star Trek. Oh, well, he's he's been in. Has he been in more than one? He's been in the Star Trek Oh Nine, hasn't he? I don't know well, if he's. He he was the voice of Kirk's uncle yes. in Star Trek Oh Nine, uh, and then he was also Finnegan in Star Trek Beyond. Finnegan, from, uh, this, yeah, the same character from Shore Leave, you know. Yes, because he talks about that on stage. Greg Grunberg was talking about how how. Um, happy he was to be Finnegan, and how he he asked to be Finnegan, and he said to J.J. Abrams, "Can I can I be Finnegan?" And they were like, "Yeah, okay, we're not going to do anything with him. Fine." Uh, so, <laughs> so, so he was the host, huh? He was the host. Yeah, he was the master of ceremonies, along with another guy who I think worked for the PR company because he was he was definitely he had a similar accent to me. He was definitely from the West Midlands in the UK, and he came on and he did. Let's all give a round of applause to the PR company for putting this on, and you had the most flat round of applause. Yeah, man. K- 
Ken, Ken would love that. He was, he was a big fan of all the uh, uh, creation entertainment guys at Star Trek Las Vegas. <laughs> but yeah, everyone was like, yeah, just get off. We want to see the stars. So then, so, um, so they, they do like an order of importance, like the Shatner go first and then Takei and, and that well, order. What was the order? No, it didn't quite go that way. It was it was a bit of a mix, really. It, Shatner was on first, and I think possibly it was because he was exhausted and he probably he went off, and I think he, I imagine he was back in his hotel by nine o'clock because. He he had a long he had a long day. I'm gonna take a nap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and in fairness to him, he sounded like he was shattered. It, it, to some extent, he said he sounded like he was going through the motions. But I understand why. It was like eight o'clock at night and and change seven o'clock at night. He'd had a long day, but he was still saying all the nice things about Star Trek, you know, and how proud he was of, of this being fifty and. And everything like that. it was just it was just amazing to see him up there, you know. It was just, when he walked out, and it's William Shatner. I, I was like, I'm in the same room as William Shatner. This is like, is this real? Pinch me. And then, <laughs> and then later, you've got um, you've got the other guys come on. And yeah, I, I can't quite remember the, the the order, but I it it was a bit it was a bit of a mix. George Takai was one of the one of two people who stood out as just being absolutely wonderful. They were all great, but he was truly truly wonderful. And I got to say something about what George Takei was wearing, too. So well done, George, because he's got the, uh, like, how do you dress up at a Star Trek convention without dressing up at a Star Trek convention? Well, George Takei has figured it out because yeah. he has this uh, <laughs> this yellow sweater on on top of this collared black shirt. So it looks like he's in his original series costume, yeah. which was so cool to see, especially when he's at his console on the bridge. And so good good on you, George. Very clever. Yeah, Takei. He was he was he was so nice. He came on and he he, he talked about in his in his usual tones. He's very proud to be star from Star Trek. It's lovely to be here for. 50 he has the years. coolest voice. He does. Right? He does. Just, just you can just drink it in. You can just let him fall asleep. He, he'd do a good audio book. He should, if when he I was do doing them. the naked time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does. He's actually uh, voiced many of the audiobooks from like the eighties and early nineties. The Simon and Schuster audio. It's interesting. Uh, way they they did it because Star Trek audiobooks were a huge deal, like in the height of Star Trek in the late eighties and early nineties. And for a lot of the original series novels, what they did was George Takei would narrate them, like do like the, the the play by play, so to speak. But then they would be interspersed throughout. Uh, Leonard Nimoy doing the voice of Spock for oh, like logs, like he'd be like First Officer's Log. You know, <laughs> uh, that was actually more of a Takei voice. Anyway, the point is, it was a fraction. Like if Takei did ninety percent, Nimoy did ten percent. But yeah. it was always like. Narrated by George Decay, featuring Leonard Nimoy as the voice of Spock. So yeah, I definitely recommend seeking those out if you're interested. At, you know, new Tony, anyone really, uh, because mm. uh, the, the Star Trek audiobooks are such an efficient way to read the books without you know having to read them. You know, they're, they're spoken to. Like, and I'm all about reading. I love books. I love reading. But there's only so much time in the day. Right. I mean, that's why we love podcasts so much, because there's something you can do when you're in the car, when you're exercising, when you're doing whatever. Right. Uh, It's just nice. It's just a nice uh, wallpaper to have for your everyday activities. But uh, these all these books, all these audiobooks are available on Audible.com, a sponsor of Trek FM. So I highly recommend you all go to Audible.com and check them out because they're they're awesome and, they're, and there's quite a few of them too i really will because i didn't know that at all and it'll be really good to listen to george talk me through star trek the motion picture sound uh, it's just really it's just he's just so good and he got presented with um the guinness world record um for the longest running sci-fi show he got he got a, a plaque and everything by uh some some representative of guinness world records um, Interesting. So he was so, very, he, so he got that, huh? He was given that, not Shatner, which is surprising, actually. I don't know why, but um, yeah, it was it was George Takei. He was like, oh, thank you very much. A real honor to be. It was great. Um, it was, he was just so lovely. He was such a lovely man. Before him was Christopher Lloyd. Actually, he came on oh, okay. second. Oh, yeah, yeah, and he was bless him. He was he was so jet lagged. He he he'd suffered the worst because he he came on and he was yeah he was he was great. He said he didn't say much though. He was very he was quite you know subdued but again he was clearly really really tired but he was right. he, he was he was great i just i just kept all the way through uh, for my sins i kept, <laughs> i kept turning to uh, the people next to me who i was with and I, I kept saying marty what am i doing here this is a star trek convention <laughs> where's the delorean great scott <laughs> <laughs> well yeah i mean he's getting up there in age too he's in his late 70s and uh, i mean it, it's great that he's still around obviously uh, back to the future day was last year 2015 uh, him and Michael J. Fox got to go around and do a lot of great stuff. Uh, did you happen to see their appearance on Jimmy Kimmel? Yes, I did. That was so good. In, in character, <laughs> that was great. No, I mean, that was hilarious, but I could even tell there Christopher Lloyd's like, 
man, he's getting up there. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and he's still great. He's still really good. And he, he, the cues, the cues for the autographs for him were huge. They oh, were, yeah. they I mean, were, they he's... ran the block. Other than gosh, I'm I'm gonna say other than Shatner, he's he was probably the biggest star at this whole thing for you guys, huh? Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. It was just it was awesome just to see. Oh, that's yeah, that's that's Christopher Lloyd's Brian McFly, and everyone admittedly, you know, everyone immediately thinks of Back to the Future more than anything. But I I do I do love Krug. I, th- I, I, I he's he's brilliant. He's a great Star Trek villain, you know, and he's a horrible villain, you know. What it's 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 just brilliant. He's, he's great. He's so good for Star Trek. Um, no, I agree. I mean, Star Trek Three is my favorite Star Trek film. So really, yeah, I love I love Christopher Lloyd as 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 Krug, and I he defined Klingons for you know ever since Star Trek Three, right? His, his yeah. interpretation of a Klingon became like the standard Klingon character, and he does a great job. And it also really helps that uh, yes, you can look, you can still tell it's Christopher Lloyd, right? But he's speaking a foreign language for yeah. a lot of the movie, right? And he's physically transformed. Like if you look at a picture of Doc Brown and look at a picture of. You know, yeah. Commander Krug, they look yeah. nothing alike. Right, the hair's different. Obviously, the the skin and the forehead, all that's different. So it's easy to separate the two iconic mm. roles, you know, as opposed to say like, and not that this is a bad thing, right? But Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones and Han Solo, right? It's, yeah, it's Harrison Ford, literally like in a vest or a, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's very similar <laughs> kind of swashbuckling uh, costume. So, uh, so yeah, I, I've never seen any you know conflict of interest. <laughs> When it comes to, oh man, I, it's so distracting to see Doc Brown as a Klingon. I I don't think so. He, no. he really transforms in that role. And he did a great job. He really does. I I can sum it up in one word: Hadebach. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No more said. Um, but after uh, after George, uh, there was uh, Walter Koenig, who was it, it was really funny. Actually, he was really dry witted. The kind of things he was he was saying, asking him, you know, Greg Grumberg was asking him, you know, what it was like to be Chekhov, and he's, I can't quite remember what he said, but he came up with a great one liner. He, he was he was he was on good form. He was on good form in a baseball cap and a white t shirt. Um, he always wears that baseball cap these days. Yeah, um, but he was. I saw him for the first time at Star Trek Las Vegas, and I was like, he was very surprised to see he was very funny. Yeah, he funny was, guy. Yeah, he is funny. Yeah. Did he do any impressions while he was I there? I don't think he did. He didn't from what I saw of him. No, but he may have done at the panels. Um, well, he did. He did some funny uh, Shatner and Decay impressions <laughs> at the Star Trek Las Vegas panel, which I didn't expect. I mean, obviously, like they're all getting older. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 tough to see your heroes age like that. But I mean, he's still out there. He's he's vibrant. You know, uh, he had some fun. He had some energy to him and had some things to say. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that's so great. I mean to see them now. Where was this? This stage was not the original series bridge, was it? That was a different location. No, sadly, it was called the Enterprise stage. Um, but yeah, the the bridge was outside because it was it's quite it was quite a big convention center, and it wasn't packed. It was it was fairly sparsely staged out, set out really. You had different zones and different areas. You had the autograph area. You had the the two bridges. You had the the Klingon zone, uh, which was. All to do, all Klingon, basically. You had a. I saw. I saw you posted about the Klingon zone in the Babel conference. You're like, "Hey, I'm here with my sign in the Klingon zone." <laughs> yeah. Just Which at first admitted that I couldn't find because I, I didn't. I was wandering around. I was like, "Oh yeah, there's the Klingon zone," staring me in the face, um, <laughs> right near the Borg alcove. Um, where people could have their photos taken, which was really good. So, yeah, you had all these different zones. Then you had the, the merch area and things like that. So the Enterprise stage, there were three stages. There was one at the far back where they were having um, the red shirt face-off, which was one of them. Um, okay. People in red shirts having, I, I believe, fake fights, uh, <laughs> which is quite good. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Kirk, Kirk Aoki. Um, oh <laughs> so yeah captain kirk style karaoke very good yeah and interestingly thinking of shatner when we were at the party later on at, at the night they were playing um shatner's cover version of common people which is huge in the uk people love that i'm sure you've heard the the cover of pulp's common people you want to live like common people you want to do <laughs> what common people do <laughs> Roaches climb the wall. No, I, lo- I love that. It would be common people. Is yeah, the, 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 the spoken word stuff is hilarious. It's you know. the best. It's the and best I, thing and honestly, world. I don't know if he's self aware or not when he does it, which makes it so hilarious. Like, does he know? Uh, <laughs> like, is he well, self aware of the fact that this is like it's good because it's absurd, or does he really think it's good? I don't know. I don't I, think he knows. But. I don't know. I'm not sure he does. <laughs> either either way, it's a gift to mankind, frankly, because it's it's just the best thing in the world. So we're playing that. Um, but yeah, yeah, Kirk Aoki was fun. <laughs> I didn't get up there and do it myself, 
But uh, yeah, it was fun. That that or Rocket Man would always be a good to hit <laughs> at a Star Trek convention. That that's probably what I would do. So yeah, it's got to be done. I should have done it. Um, but uh, yeah, you had the you had that stage at the back. That, that was the uh, I think it was the Voyager stage, and you had the Voyager stage, and you had the it might have been the Excelsior stage, and then you had the Enterprise stage, which was the big stage where we had the opening ceremony, and you had the bigger panels later on in the week in the weekend. And the, yeah, it's just a raised platform, but you had at the back. Um, what looked like L cars basically on the screens, okay. which was really cool. Which was a nice touch with the the big logo on. And then um, as they were talking, you had the big screen project their their faces to the back of the room because there was a lot of people in this at, at this opening ceremony. You know, it was pretty much all of the fans on the Friday, and it was just it was great because it was just wall to wall costumes. One of which in particular I loved. There was a guy, and he he he'd gone properly into this. He was dressed as Decker from the motion picture in the white captain's the white commander's uniform um is he a captain he's ca- is he captain decker he's he- captain decker and he gets a he- temporary grade reduction to commander which was always silly i guess because at the time everybody wanted to have captain kirk they couldn't wrap their mind around admiral, admiral kirk. kirk so they had to bump him down to command which is i don't ken is a military man he might know but i'm i'm gonna guess that this never happens in the real world like okay I'm taking command of the ship, uh, Captain. You have to be a commander now because other ships have multiple captains on them. You know, like yeah, the navies. That's my understanding. Because that didn't happen with when when Kirk took the Enterprise in the Wrath of Khan. He didn't make Spock commander. Right. It's like okay, let's all switch so, our logos around. And yeah, exactly. You know, it's just <laughs> not fair. Um, so, but, so it was. No, I don't think Decker wore white in the motion picture. Wait, uh, what, I think it was blue. Was it uh, blue? Although uh, in all the promo pictures, he's wearing yellow. Do you know which what? Which he never wears in the film, so it's very confusing. I think I'm getting mixed up. I think it might have been the what Kirk wears when he actually takes command. Because at the first, he isn't he in, isn't he in a oh the, a, the a, green and white costume? Yeah, it, it could be that. That makes a lot more sense. Someone would dress up as that, to be honest, because that is the best costume from that movie, and so good in yeah. fact that they reuse it in the Kelvin timeline movies, uh, where Admiral Pike in Star Trek yes. in the Darkness is pretty much wearing. Yeah, yes. maybe he was wearing that too. I mean, maybe that's what it was. It but, could, uh, maybe, maybe he was trying to be Bruce Greenwood. But I immediately, in my head, I went, "Oh, that's Decker," and I got it wrong clearly. But it was, <laughs> it's Kirk. I just love that costume. I think, I, I, I think it was supposed to be motion picture, though. I think, it, it, I think it was. But it, he well, looked, it, it, it looked works, amazing. It works because it's a two tone costume. Yeah, you know, I, I think, I think the, the the monotone of all, like the blue standard costumes on motion pictures are a big reason why people don't like it so much. Uh, and especially like they almost it's a one piece some of them and there's the weird belt buckle and yeah it, it's odd i don't but i don't mind them as much as a lot of people do i mean look at look at what they were wearing on the original series right i well, mean yeah. that's not exactly standard military issue either so <laughs> no. uh, but you know i grew up with this stuff so it's mythology to me so like oh this is uh, what star trek was in 1979 like this is what they this is what the crew of the enterprise is wearing in 2371 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't i don't question it you know <laughs> well I yeah can see why if this was a new thing that came out you'd be like whoa what is this so well, you, you and you had you had a lot of you did have a lot of next gen um deep space nine costumes but there were also a lot of original series there were definitely a lot of original series um and it, it was just a real it was great just to see that blend and there were, there were a few people uh, there were a few klingons in full Klingon regalia, which was great, as you'd expect. Um, one, at one point, when I was leaving the party, I got uh, <laughs> I got shouted at by a woman who went, "Why aren't you in costume?" And I said, "I said I'm uh, I'm undercover." And I, I just I tapped my nose and I went, "Talshar," yeah. like <laughs> and walked off. <laughs> and she she just went, "Ah, <laughs> okay." So, so th- this party was uh, the Friday night. This was this was the Friday night party at the uh, the Hilton uh, Metropole. Which was um, which was just a short walk from the the NEC because the NEC is this big convention center space with hotels. It's it's right next to Birmingham Airport, which you know services most of Europe and the US. And it's so it's a huge space with casinos, hotels, you know all this kind of stuff, cinemas. So yeah, it was a short walk to there, um, and uh, that was following the opening ceremony. Um, but uh, before I get to that, I'll just quickly tell you that Eddie Eddie Paskey was also also came on the stage. Oh yes, okay. Um, and how is uh, he doing? He's he's a bit shaky underfoot now. He's 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 on yeah. he's on a um, he's on a, a stick. Walker. Yeah, and he, he was he was on very very briefly, but he came on. He said a few nice words, and then he went again. You know, you could tell he was tired, but he's doing well considering because he's 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 got to be. Is he older? He must be older than the others. I know that he had said at Star Trek Las Vegas that he had had a stroke recently. 
Ah. And that's why his memory wasn't quite what it was, and he was a little flustered on stage. And you know, it's it's tough to see that. You know, it's tough to yeah. see this because they're they're up there. I mean, this is this is a great livelihood for him. You know, they yeah. want to go out to these conventions and meet fans, and it's great to see him because he was in <laughs> he was in more episodes. Eddie Paskey was in more episodes than George Takei than yeah. Walter Koenig. I don't know about Michelle Nichols, probably not because she was on in almost every episode. But you know, Takei and, and Koenig would you know, kind of uh, go back and forth a lot on episodes, especially in the second season. So Eddie Paskey, mm. he was there from where no man has gone before all the way through the rest of the series. I mean, he uh, he was basically a, an extra, you know, but he was there. Yeah, and uh, just a familiar face. You know him if you see him. So like, like the Calamini of. Uh... <laughs> of, of the original series for uh, before he got to Deep Space Nine, when he just pop up every episode as a transport. Yeah, yeah, exactly that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, he was he did well. I, I was it's not he's not an original series crew member, but I got very excited when Al War, um, Ed Warden came up. Um, now he was one of the one of the twenty five one of the twenty four men who've ever been to the moon. Um, and they got he he was there signing as well doing autographs. He was on one of the Apollo missions. It wasn't obviously the big one with Neil Armstrong, but it was uh, it was one of them. But it was really cool to come up. And Greg Grunberg got very excited at the fact you know this is actually a genuine pioneer. And this he was, person matters. Yeah, <laughs> this is one of the f- only guys in the world who's still alive who's been who's walked on the moon. Now is he is he living? Great Britain is that what the connection was? I'm just curious. Not that I'm aware of. No, no, no. He's okay. uh, he's fr- he's from from the US. I believe he lives in the US. But I and yeah, I I think he I I think maybe he like consulted on Star Trek things in the past and things like that. And he, he he talked very fondly about the show and about how it's you know it's done a lot for you know space travel and and people you know becoming astronauts and all, all the things that people have heard of before about how Star Trek's inspired you know legions of people to go and work for NASA and etc. So right. I think I think it was just a nice connection to the real world sort of you know effect Star Trek has had. It, it was it was really good. It was really cool to see him up there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, beyond that, that was really it. The, um, the 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 guy who played the Gore, what was his name again? Bobby Clark. Bobby Clark. I don't think he came on stage actually. I okay. don't think he did. Well, but, um, I mean, I don't. Uh, I don't know if he ever really does come on stage. To be honest, I don't. I mean, he, he's he's there. He signs autographs. He does photo yeah. ops and stuff. But uh, obviously, he didn't have any speaking role. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so. but one of the most iconic uh, anything in Star Trek, right? I mean, that, that that's a top ten iconic oh, yeah. image is the Gorn. Uh, do you know, do you know who did do the voice of the Gorn? By the way, no, go on. Ted Cassidy from uh, Adam's Family fame. Oh, Lurch really? From, uh, and he was also uh, in the episode. What are little girls made of? You play the oh, android Ruck. Oh, so, yeah. and he, he was also the voice of Baylock. So they, no <laughs> they like the Ted Cassidy. Yes, you have one minute. <laughs> uh, so he had a cool voice. And, uh, and, and and completely aside, once again, Commodore's not here this week. So I'm talking about all the crazy stuff I like. Uh, <laughs> he was so they made they made a very um, and this is this is hey this ties into current events because uh, the, there's a new Godzilla movie out right now, guys. Godzilla Research and Shin Godzilla. Right? Mm. They made an American cartoon for godzilla in the 70s which is called godzilla but my point and it here it ties together folks don't worry uh <laughs> instead of using like the godzilla sound effect right like the the, the screen you know yeah they got ted cassidy to do the voice of godzilla and he's like rah, rah. <laughs> and it's not he's not talking or anything he's just roaring <laughs> it's just like Ted Cassidy, it's just the guys everywhere, man. That's brilliant. So funny. I always thought that was funny. I always thought to myself, why didn't they just use the yeah. you know the Godzilla roar? Who and thought then it of that? Up and it's like Ted Cassidy. I don't know some some smart American producer. I'm just like, oh no no no, we're not using that. We got we got Ted yeah. Cassidy. Man. <laughs> um, we can get Ted Cassidy for this. What are you talking about? Why would we do that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sounds just like that. I mean, and look, he's got a great voice. It's awesome to hear him anything. It's just the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre <laughs> casting choices I've ever heard. That's, yeah, uh, that's crazy. But hey, he did the voice of the Gorn, so they thought, oh, he's a lizard. He can do this. Fine. Right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've heard every word you said. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's Ted Cassidy. He, if, oh. if he'd have come up on stage in the Gorn costume, that would have that would have really yeah. sold oh, it. Oh, it's the Gorn. It's the Gorn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, so so that that was really it for the original series crew, and then it was just really mm-hmm. the rest of the other um, the other actors really. Um, and uh, he, I, I, one of one of my favourites was probably Robert O'Reilly, who played Garon, um, who was clearly three sheets to the wind. And w- which uh, what does that mean? And that, that that's a British term for um, for drunk. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> thought so. He uh, <laughs> yeah, he just kept shouting kapla, 
Kapla! At the, at the crowd. So that was that was great. Perhaps uh, he was jet lagged as well. He could have been. It could have been. It was nice. It was nice. There were some really funny bits with the rest of the people as well. You know, you had Terry Farrell in the Col de Boer being very flirty and everything like that together, which was great. And um uh, Garrett Wang, who did a very good George Takei impression, far better than mine, far better than yours, even Zach. Right, Ooh, his was oh really my. good. Oh my, he did the oh my as well. <laughs> he did the oh my. He was he was really he was really funny and, and uh, yeah they they were all they were all really nice they were all really charming especially Will Wheaton as well he was just great when he came on. Um, just everyone was really great. They were re- it was just a great event and then we, uh, Greg Grunberg finished it off by doing a little um, prepared like little speech about how much he loves Star Trek and that was it and then then we were all off to um to the to the party yeah which was uh which was on at this at this hotel yeah and then in in the meantime I'd uh, I'd had a, a look around the convention center at all the other stuff and met the some of the guys from Trek FM um which was as I say even though seeing all the original stars was a real like you know bucket list moment it was the most special part was meeting the guys from Trek FM because it was just so lovely, you know, to meet these guys. And a special shout out to Clara Jean Cook, who let me, with her husband, Ben, who was also a delight, who let me just wander around with them all night. Because I'd be on my own otherwise. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to find friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they were so nice, so nice. But yeah, we all, we went off to the party then. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was, they had, um, and I've got a photo of this. I may have put it on the, on the Babel conference. They had big United Federation of Planets um, banners hanging over the uh, <laughs> the stage area. Well, that, um, that makes it legit, I'm sure. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think it was it was just the, the comedy of seeing um, people dressed up as admirals from, like, Wrath of Khan onwards in those, you know, in, in, the, in the lapel dress ones. You know where you, you, you pull them open to get a bit of air in mm-hmm. the, the proper military costumes? Um, seeing them dance to, you know, really cheesy 80s and 90s... <laughs> Music is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. Grease Megamix, you know, and you've got all these guys. Yeah, it was it was funny. <laughs> Did you have any ever uh, any specially themed drinks at this party? Well, no, and I was I was a little bit disappointed at that it was beyond the, the the Federation element. It was lacking a little bit of Star Trek atmosphere. It felt a little bit like we were at a wedding, but nobody had got married and there was no food. Uh, basically, <laughs> well, that sounds delightful. <laughs> and the queues were crazy because they only had one bar, and there were about a thousand people. So it was the queues were literally uh, almost out of the hotel. It was it was that the, the logistic elements of of it were wanting, and yeah, and there weren't any there weren't any special Star Trek flavored drinks. This is this is the difference I think between conventions here and conventions you would have in the States. Because I think, in the, I imagine at the Las Vegas one, and I'm, I don't know, but I would imagine you had those kind of things. Oh, well, funny you should ask. Uh, as all my friends from Trek FM would know, Ken, of course, uh, Brandon Shea Amy Nelson, Richard Marquez, uh, all my buddies. Uh, I was a big fan of the Pattern Buffer. <laughs> at, uh, at Star Trek Las Vegas. That was a great drink. You know, What was in that? Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. It was good. Uh, <laughs> It, it was kind matter. of like a pe- it was kind of like a pina colada kind of drink. Although literally, there was one night where I got like three of them, and every time I got one, it was like different. <laughs> Sometimes it was more like a frozen margarita like of a substance. Other times it was more just like uh, not frozen. So I don't I don't know I don't know how specific uh, the specifications were for this thing. Hey, but we we took some pictures of the menus, so we know what to do for the future. Uh, that was pretty good. The James the James T Kirk, which is kind of like a Long Island iced tea, but it was blue. Oh, um, nice, nice. And then, and then they had a um, a Ractagino, of course, uh, which was yeah. way too. In fact, all these drinks are way too expensive. So you're probably better <laughs> off not having these specialty <laughs> drinks. But I, I look, I love white Russians. Okay, and the Ractagino mm. was like a really nice white Russian. Ooh. So uh, see, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't imagine imagine the Ractagino to be that. I, I would have no. thought it'd be a much sort of darker, angry coffee kind of coffee mixed with sludge. Kind of drink, yeah, Ractagena. Uh, absolutely. Now, it had had it been in like an actual Ractagena, what they probably drink on Star Trek, I wouldn't have bought one. But I saw the ingredients, I was like, oh, well, yeah, that's a that's a white Russian. I'll have one. I'll have a Ractagena, <laughs> a Rakt- Ractagena, and some Gach as well. But yeah, there wasn't anything like that, sadly. Um, but the, you know, that the, the merch element made up for it because there were some really good things there. I bought a Tribble. In fact, in fact, he might he might be he's ne- he's nearby. Can you hear him? Shh, Marvin. <laughs> I'm trying to podcast. He, he never he never shuts up. Shh. Okay, that's enough now, Marvin. Come on. 
still talking. <laughs> <laughs> he's still going. He doesn't. He, he doesn't. He doesn't listen. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Oh, uh, that's great. So, so you got a chance to walk around oh, sh- uh, the merch room. Sh- sh- Marvin, shush. <laughs> shush, Marvin. Sounds like you got a Klingon in there. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to wreck to Gina. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you, so you got to walk around the vendors' room a bit, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had uh, there was the uh, there was there was lots of uh, the, the usual kind of things you find at these places. You know, signed signed photos. There was all the costumes from from the original series onwards um, that were that were placed up there. I got some really good photos of those. And I think the one that excited me the most because I'm a big fan of of tying books was the the bookstore. And they were selling. They had some great bargains. And they were selling the the. Uh, I know I almost bought these. I wish I had now. The recent Legacies trilogy of books that were. Um, that was set in the original series era. Oh, okay. Which I uh, I know one of the authors, Greg Cox, because he's come on and done on my podcast, um, and he was talking about the Legacies book. And he sounds sounds brilliant as well. So they're all about they're a, a tie-in story for the fiftieth anniversary. So yeah, there was there was great stuff like that there as well. Um, but not a massive amount of it. There could have been more merch, but the, the stuff that was there was good. So, um, yeah, I I I, I like that kind of stuff. But I, like I say. There, there was, I think, as an event, it was really good, but I think there could have been a bit more, really. And I think, I think that has been the sentiment from a lot of people. People have gone there, have loved the panels, they've loved the opening ceremony, they've loved seeing all these guys, but I think there's a general feeling that there could have been a bit more put into it. So that, that's, that's the devil's advocate flip side of it. And I think maybe people who have been to some of the other ones may have been a, felt that they were a bit shortchanged. But I didn't get that experience. I really had I really had fun and it was just it's just a thrill to see these people in front of my eyes. Yeah, I guess ultimately as long as you had a fun experience, that's what matters. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, you can nitpick everything. I mean we we had our Star Trek Las Vegas wrap up show and of course we had our nitpicks and stuff at the end, like what could be better, you know, what could improve, that kind of thing. But ultimately, you went there to have a good time, have a good experience, and and you got that is what it sounds like. So uh, you know, you got to count it as a success. I did, I did, and you know, it was just uh, talking to people, as you said earlier. You know, it was talking to people who you'd never met before, and just random, and just easily being able to speak about Star Trek. There was a guy at the party whose name I think his name was Barry, and he, he was there on his own, um, and he'd been to the previous two destination Star Trek Europe's, one of which was London. I think that was two years ago, and there was one in Frankfurt as well. Um, so this is the first time Birmingham has had this. Um, and uh, he'd been to both of them. And he was talking about how it's just great he, you know, to, to come to all these. And he comes every time on his own. And we started talking about what our favorite um, Star Trek series was. Deep Space Nine. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> and things like that. You know, it was just lovely. It, and that, it, as, as I said at the start of the show, it's not the kind of thing you can do all the time. So to be able to have that shared space where you can do that was was a real real treat you know and it's made me want to go back to more of them now i think i think there's one in a in a town called blackpool which is in the north of, of england coming soon apparently they do those quite regularly like an expo so i'm going to see if i can get to that as well because it's just great we have a few london comic cons we have a couple of birmingham comic cons a year but in the uk you don't get quite that level of of fandom in in the same way where it's all collected but that fandom is there it's just we don't have the the events for it so if, if another one came up like this, especially another destination, Star Trek Europe, I'd love to go, you know. And it, it was even better this time because I didn't have to pay. But I would pay. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we we have the fortunate thing here, Tony. It's, it's a rare window of opportunity that is closing to see some of our original series stars yeah. still in person, you know. Because, look, time is the fire in which we burn, right? It's a predator. That stalks us all our lives, and uh, see what nice, I did there. Nice reference, nice uh, reference. Uh, although that's not a good movie, but <laughs> <laughs> it's got its moments. It's got its moments. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, ten years from now, right for the 60th anniversary, these guys probably aren't going to be here. You know, so it's it's crazy to think about. You know, as as growing up, uh, you know, we so fortunate, right? Watching Star Trek for 25 years, this cast was together. They were alive. They were vibrant. You know. They got their big swan song in Star Trek Six, and we got that like complete story of the original series cast. Uh, you know, and then as time has gone on, you know, uh, people have passed on. I think just Leonard Nimoy, especially, was was the big one. You know, well, it's it's interesting you should say that because the other person who came on the stage who was also wonderful was Adam Nimoy. Mm, yeah, um, yeah, talk uh, about that. Yeah, yeah, and he was talking about um, the documentaries made. I think it's called "For the Love of Spock," um, which is which sounds wonderful, and he and he he talked he talked very. Um, fondly about how he's proud that 
you know, uh, they've got to the 50 and he's, you know, he's sad that he's, his father was is near to see it and things like that, um, which is really sad. Given given that Leonard Nimoy, even more than William Shatner, really, is, is the true iconic face of Star Trek, really, um, or at least on a par. And it is sad that he's not here for it. And it was, But it was lovely. He seemed like a genuinely, genuinely lovely man who was very fond of it. And he wants people to, you know, embrace, continue embracing Spark and everything like this through his, through his documentary and stuff like that. So um, that was quite sad. That was quite a melancholy moment. And it is true. I was thinking, as he was talking, I was thinking, yeah, I'm never get probably, I'm never probably going to see these people in front of me ever again, you know, because they aren't going to be here forever, you know, and they are getting up there in years. And it, to, to be able to be there to see them, it's, it's, it's a thrill. It really was a thrill because, as I said, I've, I've grown up watching them. You know, they are... They are my my childhood heroes, the, the original crew of the Enterprise. They really are, and it, it, it's it's just wonderful to see them. And I'm so so glad I got the chance. I really am. It's just wonderful. Well, Sonny, I think that about does it for our coverage on Star Trek Destination Europe. Obviously, you met a lot of fun people from Trek FM and the Babel Conference. There, you know, guys, feel free to you know chime in. What did we miss in our conversation here? I'm sure everybody everybody has their own story to tell. I don't know if anybody from Trek FM who lives in America flew over to Destination Europe. Did you meet anyone there from America, Tony? Or I, I don't think I did. No, and I don't know did you if meet anyone with a funny accent. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't. I don't. Re- I don't recall anyone being American um, in in who was there. I'm, there could have well been. I mean, it was you know it was it was a big. It's a big event, really. I mean, it's a Europe event. It's big enough for. I mean, the amount of of Star Trek stars who were there. It, it's you know. It's for us. It was big. It's a big thing, and so I think it would have certainly grabbed in a lot of people from Europe and and all around. But you know, as you say, mine isn't the definitive take on this. Mine was the first night, really, and I'm I, I've heard things secondhand from other people about the next two days. So there's a lot more about the panels and things like that that you know other people would cover. So you know, do do let do let the, you know, that, do let us know you know about this because it's there were elements that I didn't see. Um, so it's it was good. It was a wide ranging thing. Um, and it's, like I say, it's a big deal for us to get something like this in Europe because they don't come along very often. Certainly not with this caliber of stars involved. And, you know, we won't, I mean, this being the 50th anniversary, I, th- I feel like we've had more of a resurgence into uh, attention towards the original series, you know? Mm, oh, gotcha. Uh, especially since the Kelvin timeline started, you know? Mm. So, I mean, it's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and that's the original series. So, this is a great time to be, uh, just a great time to be a Star Trek fan. There's so much, yeah. especially one of the original series, so much celebration, so much going on, so much to be excited about. So, mm. uh, I- I'm glad that the franchise is really taking advantage of, of this 50th anniversary and yes people say oh well you know we want a tv show blah, blah. look we got a great movie this year star yeah. trek beyond yeah, having some great fan events like this star trek las vegas star trek destination europe uh tv show on the way right i mean that's uh, we were at a point for several years we're like is star trek ever going to be on tv ever again and there's so much that we don't know about star trek discovery that it's exciting to i'm just excited to find out Right, I mean, we get some, we get a new story here, a new story there, just just little bits and pieces. It's been delayed, of course, but the important thing is we're getting Star Trek back on TV, and that gives us something else to talk about. You know, I would rather complain about new Star Trek every day of the week than complain about not having Star Trek. Right, so oh, yeah. bring bring it on, Brian Fuller. So, <laughs> and the, you know, you felt like a lot of positivity was in there in that in that room, you know, and in those, you know, in in this whole event, really. You know, a lot of people looking forward to Discovery. You know, that got a few mentions along the way um, about people saying, "Oh, we got Discovery on the way," and things like that. There is, it's, it's, it is a really positive time. You know, think think ten years ago, two thousand six was one of the dark ages because there was no TV, there was no movie. You know, we we'd come off the back of Enterprise. Everyone thought that was it. You know, I think for a lot for a few years there, people were like, "Was Star Trek gone? Is it dead?" We had we had a good run. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and now it's like, oh great, this is like we're three movies into a successful franchise. Mixed as it is to some people, it's it's a successful franchise and it's fun. We've got a new TV show on the way. The fandom's healthy. We have lots of tie-in media. It's you know, it's great. It's great. And and that that positivity was in the room. And I love this universe. And I love being part and sharing it with people who are. So that was that was just the best thing for it for me. It's great. It's a great time to be a Trek fan, as you said. Awesome. Awesome, Tony. Well, if people want to talk to you about Star Trek or the X-Files or anything, where can they find you on the internet? On Twitter is, uh, is a good place to start. I'm at um, Mr. Underscore AJ underscore black. That's right, isn't it? There's no other underscore. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and um, you can find me on Facebook as well. I've got a, an author page at uh, AJ Black, but I'm Tony Black as well if you wanted to see what I'm doing on there. And um, 
yeah, if you uh, check out the Xcast as well, because I'm on that a lot. So you just find us on Twitter at the X underscore cast um, and on Facebook at the Xcast as well. Uh, you can find me quite often podcasting on there and I'll be various other places, but I won't bore you with that. <laughs> well, and by the way, you know, mentioning that you're such a fan of Star Trek books, I did want to say to get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash Trek FM. You can get your first book for free. Uh, find one of those George Decay books. Uh, you know, I recommend, uh, gosh, there's so many you could, if you just, if you just search Star Trek audiobooks there, you will find one narrated by George Decay with Leonard Nimoy doing the voice of Spock as well. So I, I definitely recommend checking that out, Tony, since you're such a fan of the Star Trek literary universe. So, Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't say it better than that. <laughs> I totally will, yeah. Well, Star Trek Destination Europe isn't the only thing we've been talking about this week on Trek FM. Here's a look at some other things you might have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit. <laughs> We can't forget the best part of this episode, absolutely, hands down, is how tight Spock's pants are in this episode. He has got some epically tight pants. You know, Brandon, I wasn't really paying attention to that, so I'll take your word for it. But he's like... Yeah, Brandon, I can't say I noticed that. (laughs) Literary treks. Because I love the idea that you have all these artifacts that, that, that all do something different with time. And how do you prevent them from being used? Saturday morning trek. Remember, principal photography hasn't even started yet, so these concept designs are just that, concepts. If this was 1976, you'd be getting sketches. And disco. Melodic treks. Those are totally, like, you could clearly tell that they were going for a, a mamas and the papas kind of vibe with the music that they were, that they were doing, right? And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So you can find us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and of course you can always stream or download the MP3 file from our website at Trek.fm and grab the RSS link as well. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscription button. That makes it easier for our listeners to find the show when they search for iTunes. And we love new listeners, so please, please, please subscribe directly to Standard Orbit as well as the Trek FM Master Feed and help us increase our visibility for new listeners. Also, we would ask you to help us out with Patreon. Well, what is Patreon? Well, Patreon is the method that we use to fund the network. So I would encourage you all, if you can, if you can afford it, to go on to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Trek FM and become a patron. And for as little as $15 a month, you can join Trek FM's patron roundtable, which is wonderful. I mean, this is how I found my way onto the network. And who knows? What could happen to you, right? You, you might find your way. And then if you're kind enough to donate $25 per month or more, uh, you get associate producer credit for the shows of your choice, and that's a big deal. And speaking of that, we would like to say thank you always to our associate producers for this show, for Standard Orbit, Renee Roberts, Richard Rutledge, and Aaron Harvey. Thanks so much for all of your support for both Standard Orbit and for Trek FM through Patreon. You can find Renee on Twitter at MRES underscore 1701. Richard, you can find at at RUT8972. And you can find our buddy Aaron Harvey at GeekFilter, all on Twitter. So look them up, follow them, and, uh, and thank you again. And if you'd like to get in touch with us here at Trek FM, you can always find us on trek.fm slash contact and look into the sidebar on the show page. Or you can go to speakpipe.com slash trekfm please leave us a voice message that we can play here on the show. You can hear your own voice on the podcast. Pretty fun. So feel free to do that. And you can also contact us through Twitter at Trek FM or through Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM and the Babel Conference. To find us at the Babel Conference, type the Babel Conference, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook or go to our website at trek.fm and click discussion on the menu bar. Babel Conference is a great way for you to connect with fellow listeners and the hosts of the network so as for me personally you can find me on twitter at moron zach that's m-o-o-r-e-o-n-z-a-c-h and i'm also the host of my own podcast called always hold on to smallville where we talk about each and every episode of that young superman tv show and we're on twitter at always smallville with one s what about you ken so you can find me as well on the babel conference that's where i like to hang out it's my favorite spot on facebook to be honest with you it's the safest funnest 
uh, most respectful spot to talk Star Trek on the entire interweb. So look for me there and feel free to also look for me on Facebook at any time and feel free to IM me with questions or, or, or if you just want to hook up and be friends. Or you can, uh, you can get information from me via Twitter. Yes, I am on Twitter now at Boston SCPO. That's Boston Senior Chief Petty Officer SCPO. And I look forward to communicating with you in between these shows and especially when they drop. That's when it's a lot of fun. So we'll talk to you soon. So thanks, everyone, again for listening. And join us next time here on Trek.fm for another episode of Standard Orbit. Standard Orbit.